Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at explorationsearlylearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings. Uh, hello, welcome to an episode of Out of Line. I'm Annie Friday. Um, Candace Ogilvie is not able to be here today, but I am joined by two very special people who, um, Latoya Nelson, who's been on the show before. Hi, Latoya. Hi. And our very own personal martial arts instructor from the self-directed center that we run here in Michigan, Terrell is joining us tonight too. Hi, Terrell. Hi, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. Oh, thank you. It's an honor and a privilege to have you both and to be in conversation together. Um, we have all shared um, a pretty common perspective on the fact that I think in general, we feel like we can be um, adults in the world who can be gentle with children and help facilitate their learning and their growth without using um you know, force or punitive measures or, um, really lean into that gentleness. And, um, Latoya, you had a post recently that made me think of some things that I've learned along the way and and kind of process. Um, and you just wrote, and let me see how many times in a row, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight lines in a row that said black children deserve a soft life. Um, and I think that's really important to talk about because while I, we believe all children deserve a soft life, there is something really important about saying black children deserve a soft life. And this particular post I shared out and it resonated with Terrell. So I thought let's get together and talk about it a little bit. So Latoya, will you first share a little bit of your inspiration of why you even shared that thought? I shared that thought um, because I always say that conscious parenting or gentle parenting in the Black community can often be seen as privilege-based, right? If I have access to time, which is a privilege, if I have access to money, it is so much easier to be gentle or conscious because my brain is not flooded with worries of money or worries of time um, if I have a partner. And so I just wanted to remind my counterparts that while there are struggles that sometimes create blocks or boundaries that can prevent you from offering opportunities that our children are deserving of experiencing a soft life too. I mean, I see it all the time, comments, well, when I was a kid or my mom didn't do that or these kids don't know And just because we experience something doesn't mean that our children have to. When you learn better, you do better. And I'm a firm believer that practice makes progress. And we are practicing how to be more conscious, how to be more open, how to be more gentle with our children instead of adultifying them or putting them in positions where they are oftentimes even criminalized for their child-like behavior, their children, they are doing things that are developmentally correct. And I think that so many adults, parents, educators, and people who work with children just 
fail to recognize basic brain development with children and how the brain develops and that, you know, these things are not intentional. There's no intent behind it. It's just simple development. And so it just reminded me, and that was a reminder for me um, that my children are not spoiled. They are not entitled but they are deserving of this life. And I'm so grateful that I am able to give that to them, whether it be something as simple as their own bedroom or a backyard to play in, you know, all those things that some people see as, oh, well, that's normal. But for me, it's a privilege to be able to offer that space to them, vacations and being able, I've got McDonald's money, I've got Jordan's money, whatever the case may be, um, you know, breaking, opening six boxes of cereal at a time, um, being able to drink your juice while you're eating your dinner. Um, and for some people, they don't recognize that as a soft life, but it is, It it's, the softness, the ease of just being and not having to think so hard about every interaction. Um, and so it was really important to me. And I think what kind of triggered that for me was my daughter asked me, um, it was somewhere around like they were getting ready for eighth grade, uh, like promotion things. And she had asked me, um, hey, mom, do you mind if I have money um, to go to Walmart? All of my friends and I, we're just going to do a challenge where we can see who can pick out the best Walmart outfit or whatever the case may be. <laughs> and I... Kinda, Those kids today and their challenges. <laughs> I was kind of triggered because we have been, you know, just being transparent with me opening a business and just some yeah, changes and my spouse's income. I was just like kind of triggered. And then I had to remind myself, like, she doesn't understand money. She doesn't get a paycheck or pay bills. And I can mm -hmm. be gentle in my response and, and conscious in my response and explaining that. And I can still hold know whether she feels that disappointment and I feel that disappointment of no I can still do that in a way without snapping and so I had to kind of reset and remind myself and that's kind of what sparked me um, into writing that mm, I love that oh wow yeah our own like moments of like I'm about to snap and remembering to recenter and and <laughs> recenter the relationship and humanity um, and Terrell, what did you, you, you wrote back right away, like, love this or something. I forget what you said. My, my inner child needed this something. Um, what resonated with you? Um, I don't remember exactly what I said, but just looking at the post, I know growing up, um, coming from a single parent home, which my mom was the head of and, you know, when that's the thing, then what gets thrusted upon you uh, a lot of times as you start to get older and mature is that whole man of the house um, title, mm -hmm. even though you're mentally and physically and emotionally not ready for it, you know, but then people begin to throw that on you. And it's a hard thing to kind of 
uh, balance, especially when you're younger, because you don't um, understand anything um, when it comes to being an adult. Like Latoya said that, you know, you don't understand money. You don't understand bills and budgeting and, mm -hmm. you know, and now as an adult, I understand it. And I hate that I have to understand it as an adult. So it's like <laughs> being a child, you know, like you don't understand that part, but it's like they put you or they try to put you in a position where it's like you got to be more mature. You know, you, you have mm -hmm. to be cognizant of how you look, how is your resting face oh you don't smile enough you look intimidating you know especially as you begin to to grow up and become more of a teenager now it becomes more societal pressures and so there's a question that is asked at what age does that black boy stop being cute and when do they become a threat you know and so mm -hmm. the child doesn't know because for them they always think that they're a child but then once they start getting older and becoming more of a threat people start talking to them differently you know and then my mom having all of the pressures that she had she didn't talk to me in the best ways you know um and so she ended up putting a lot of pressure on me as I was growing up and uh recently we actually had a talk because she had watched some show that dealt with a home or a family where somebody was doing a lot of yelling um, to the child uh, and wanted the child in a sense to be perfect. And then as the show progressed and the child grew up, um, then in that show, the child began to, to show a lot of anxiety, you know, and was really restricted. And they made that correlation between the yelling and the wanting that child to be perfect. Um, correlating that with the anxiety that was building up in that child and you know them starting to stutter and not really being as active and extroverted you know and so for my mom she said that when she saw that that was a light bulb moment for her and she started to think back on all of the things that we went through um as far as her raising me and something that her mom had said to her was that she wanted me to be perfect and I guess I never really knew like she didn't explicitly say that to me that she wanted me to be perfect but I could always feel that she wanted me to be perfect so it began to be an atmosphere where I became afraid to make any mistakes mm -hmm. you know and really mistakes is how you learn and so when the atmosphere is where you're afraid to make mistakes, now you're afraid to talk to people, you know, you're afraid to be around um, uh, a lot of different people because you feel like they're going to judge you, you know, all because of the harsh style of, of words that you're used to, mm -hmm. you know, and so all of this is swirling throughout your head. And so to make the short story a little bit longer, as I've already <laughs> did, <laughs> Um, you, you know, she ended up apologizing to me Aww. for that, you know, and like that, just that apology, it could not stop. Like I, I wasn't able to stop the tears to come out of my eyes because the child in me, I'm 34 now, you know, but so like the child in me still was like, I needed some type of apology for how you know, we grew up, even though I didn't know it, mm 
you know, because we feel like we move on from these things. But deep down, you still, you know, your inner child still needs that that apology, that softness, um, you know, especially as you grow up. Because in the home, that's the only place where you're going to get that softness, that pocket of love. Because once you get out in the world, you know, among people who don't know you, these people most likely will treat you harshly, whether they mean to or not, just the nature of the thing, because they don't know you, they won't spend as much time for you. So you need that pocket of love and gentleness in the home that acts as a security blanket for you whenever you do go out into the world so that your self-esteem and your self-love stays intact because you know that you have a nice home base of love already built up in you. You know, if the world's beating you down, the last place you need is for your home life to beat you down as well. Whether mm. that's you as a child or you as an adult in a marriage, you know, you don't want that home life to be to be terrible. That's a very powerful statement <laughs> about your home life being space. My friend and I just talked about that because often you hear, you know, don't coddle kids they've got to be ready for the real world I'm like first of all they're already living in the real world this is not pretend <laughs> <laughs> and secondly um, like you said if home doesn't feel safe and the world doesn't feel safe outside then where do you find that comfort and that's when children start to seek other things and so it's so important for home to be a comfortable place to make mistakes, to learn, to grow, to feel safe and secure. And I'm so glad, Terrell, that your mom was able to have such a pivotal moment like that with you because I too felt that way when my mom and I finally had our come to Jesus moment (laughs) (laughs) because I stay on her. I um, have a 20, well, my brother is 19. He'll be 20. We are 17 years apart. But essentially, I have raised my brother since he was a baby. And my mom would always say things like, well, he wanted to live with you. You guys are just close. You wanted that. And I didn't. I love my brother and I love my mom and I will do anything for them. But it wasn't that I wanted that. It was that I had no choice. It was placed upon me. And um, when I started transitioning into conscious parenting, um, she would just often say things, especially to my brother, like comparing us. And that made him really uncomfortable. And I had to constantly remind her that we're two different people and two Mm -hmm. different time eras. Um, And she would always say things to him like, man up, man up. And I'm like, well, he's not a man. He's a boy. (laughs) Like He doesn't need to man up. And him crying or expressing disappointment doesn't mean he's any less masculine than any other person that identifies as, you know, as masculine. Um, And so I'm so glad that you were able to have that conversation um, with your mom, because I think that's so important, the healing that it does to you inside to have someone acknowledge and validate that feeling for you is just, I'm glad you were able to have that. I am. (laughs) Thank that you. That's really awesome. Both, all of that is so powerful. 
Um, um, can I just add real yeah. quick to the um, just allowing men to uh, have emotions? Mm -hmm. um, I just want to give a quick example because we, since, you know, I do martial arts and I teach the children, we were getting or we did a tournament about a month ago now or a couple of weeks ago now. By the way, one of um, my new students, he participated in the tournament. And then he didn't do so well, you know, and so then he was holding back tears in the moment, you know, you know after he lost. Um, I mean, he did well. He didn't do as well as he, he would have liked, I should say, you know, so he was holding back tears. And when I spoke to him, you know, everybody else spoke to him. But when I spoke to him, you know, I spoke to him and I told him, go ahead and feel your emotions. Go ahead and let it out. It's not um, like, go ahead, feel them, man. Like embrace them, let them, let them go. Like feel those emotions, like allow it to happen. You know, you can go ahead and, and feel those emotions. Um, and then when we come back from this day and get back to training, you know, then we'll just, we'll work on um, getting better, but it's okay to feel your emotions, you know, go ahead and cry if you need to cry. Like I give you that space to to validate your feelings, mm -hmm. you know, and, and feel that like it's a, you're not less than just because you have emotions that make you a human being to have emotions, you know. And so I just wanted to to share that because we don't allow um, our children to to express, especially the, we don't allow the the males to express emotions. So then we grow up and we become emotionless, and then wonder why, you know, um, our your male partner is having a hard time to express themselves. They've never had any practice in expressing themselves, mm -hmm. you know, so they don't feel comfortable, you know, but I just wanted to share the fact that we got to create that space where they can be comfortable and they don't um, get judged for it, you know. So important. So important, really. And, and I think you both made the point that in particular, Black children are often adultified at younger ages, turned into adults, turned into being the man of the house or seen as the, from the outside world, seen as an adult younger. And so that happens probably far longer, I would guess, um, for for Black boys in particular when they're growing up and when they're expected to cut off their emotions and man up, you know, that's expected at a younger age. Um, and I think that's what is so interesting and important for educators to consider and in particular white educators, because I think it's not always as obvious. You know, we talk about implicit biases. We talk about, I think sometimes I, I forget that not all um, listeners are, are reading the same research and educational studies that maybe some of my guests and I read. So Latoya, I'm sure you're aware of the study that was done when four kids were put at a table and teachers were watching from another room on a video. And they said, you know, somebody's going to make a, uh, somebody's going to do something naughty. I don't know, misbehave in some way, watch the kids and, and look for it. And they used eye tracking software and, and almost all the people involved, all the teachers watching from the other room tracked the black kids far longer than they did any other race, um, kind of expecting the behavior to come from them. So I think those are things that we're not always aware of. I think, you know, all these reasons you've mentioned already today in the conversation, um, 
even like the most recent public school I was involved with, the principal would say things like that. Well, this, this world, you know, once they leave my elementary school, this world's not going to treat them the same. So I've got to toughen them up while they're here. And really all I saw was black and brown children being treated like prisoners. Um, you know, and I, I say it cause it was a school that was 98% black and brown and treated like prisoners in a prison, not kids in the schoolyard. There was no gentleness. There was um, not a lot of softness, not a lot of ease. And um, so I used to approach it from that kind of deficit standpoint of like, we have to be softer with them because the world is harder on them or because, but then also um, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Dr. Rima, who has just like become such a um, voice for me to listen to and look to. She runs a program called Centering Black Children in Education. She's also here in Michigan. She has an annual conference with that. Um, and she really like was one of the first people to help shift me into the mindset of like, well, yeah, that, and also like, look around the world, look where popular culture comes from. It is African culture. It is African-American culture. It is black culture. And so really like, and, and she has a, um, explanation on her website and it's long and it's beautiful and you should all read it, but you know, she's talking as a black woman saying, we set the pace, establish what's relevant. Are ubiquitously the standard, the aspiration for people throughout the world, black, fo black folks are goals, she says. And um, I think it's also really important that we offer that gentleness and that softness because of that. And because to celebrate black lives also, right. Not just to protect, but also celebrate and uplift and, and recenter because America wouldn't be America without, the black culture that exists here. It's really important that we remember, I always try and remind myself that a lot of like antiquated uh, parenting styles or discipline styles came from a place of fear. Um, and it wasn't necessarily that um, our parents or our teachers wanted to be mean to us. They felt like they were doing what they needed to do. Um, and sometimes the same way I have to remind myself and check myself with my children because it's fear. It's fear that um, you're going to get out there and get into a space where people are not going to be soft and gentle with you. Or it's fear that I don't want you to be harmed for speaking up you know and it's fear based and just reminding ourselves like you said I think it's really important to have black voices um in these conversations about gentleness and consciousness because we need to hear it and accept it um and I think it's hard for many of us to accept sometimes because I think what happens is in our recent, I haven't posted this just yet. So you're getting exclusive, but um, I talked about how there is like a misconception that if I'm conscious, I walk around talking like a Disney character and I don't, <laughs> I do not talk to my kids like a Disney character. I don't change my voice. I use my same A-A-V-E. <laughs> I <laughs> use my same lingo. And if I say don't jump on my couch, that's the boundary in our house. That's yeah. the boundary in our house. And I'm the difference is I'm not going to spank you or I'm not going to yell it. Or if you say why, you know, what this one right here loves to ask, why not? 
why not? Um, but I'm explaining, you know, I'm explaining these things or I'm offering other spaces to jump. Um, and I think I was reminded of that today as they played hide and seek in the house. I could have never played hide and seek in my grandma or my mother's house. Like that would have been the running, the jumping, <laughs> that would have been a no-go. Um, and so I just think it's so important for us to hear that we don't have to change ourselves to offer our kids a soft life. And soft doesn't necessarily mean that you change how you speak or you you change. And when I say how you speak, I mean like, you know, that cultural lingo. I, I don't mean, it doesn't mean you have to use a harsh tone, but you don't have to talk like this. It's not infantilized, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's just a general misconception which is why I wrote it so many times because (laughs) you can process through each thing whether it's an action or tone of voice or allowing them to play in certain spaces or allowing them to wear things I think recently there was a post that went around like I'm so tired of seeing uh teenage girls in lashes and wigs and I'm like well if they wear lashes in the workplace you say it's unprofessional but if they wear them as a teenager, you say they're too grown. So when are they supposed to wear them? <laughs> it's just, you know, if you're going to say no lashes, explain to your children why. Is it that you want them to accept and, and you know, resolve in their natural beauty and know that this is just an enhancement, but they're beautiful without it? But don't just say no, mm-hmm. just because, just because. Because you think it's too grown. What does too I, grown because mean? Because I said so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and well, and I'm sure like your grown? like a story with your daughter earlier. Like I'm sure you didn't just shut it down and say no, or didn't just hand over 10 bucks and say, fine, go, go do the challenge. You had a conversation and she did learn. And so like you both said, like we weren't raised to be, to have an understanding of money and budgeting And it's really hard for kids to ever understand that even if they're included in the process, but at least if you're including them in the process and not burdening them with your debts or whatever, but but (laughs) teaching them along the way, they, they enter adulthood that much more well-prepared. And, you know, what if our, our math classes and things like that were really focused on those life skills, including them in, in our life, because they're part of our life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is always, always my goal. I I don't want to just hand it over because then that becomes permissive, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to just say no, because then I'm being, you know, authoritarian. And that's not, not my goal. My goal is to always, if my answer is no, I'm going to explain why. Mm -hmm. Um, And I try to say yes, more than I say no, because I think it's really important to have that balance um and not just say no just because I can whether I'm explaining it or not to have a true reason to say no Mm -hmm. Terrell I know we've talked about that a little bit because um I think sometimes people hear self-directed education you come into our self-directed education center and help out and people think no rules or pandemonium and You've definitely seen those moments because they do exist, <laughs> but I think um, very much like Latoya was saying, like you can still have boundaries. It doesn't mean it's a free for all. Um, do you want to comment at all about that? Right. Like there's still boundaries because 
you're working in a space and among different people. So you have to respect everybody else's space as well, you know, and so helping children to understand that, like, they control their own minds and their own bodies, but you also have to be cognizant of how or what you do, how that interacts or affects other people um, sometimes, either whether it be negatively or positively, you know, and then you make your own choice on what you want to do and just be ready for the consequences. And, and that's my biggest thing. Like you can choose what you want to do, but you have to also be ready for whatever consequence comes with it as well. You know, and it's like, um, like sometimes children just have a day where they don't want to participate and that's mm-hmm. fine. I'm not going to make you participate. Mm-hmm. You just can't be here then. Cause I can't force you to do anything that you don't want to do, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not really in the business of that because it, it kills everybody's spirit whenever you try to force somebody to do something that they don't want to do. Like the people that want to be there, like now they're waiting, you know, and their spirit kind of lessens and the person who doesn't want to be there, they're not going to do anything to the uh, with the passion that you would like to see, you know, so you just allow them to to, you know, leave and dismiss themselves and let them know that it's OK. Sometimes it's just a day where you don't want to participate you know and um and then as far as consequences go like if you have a goal in mind like as as simply as it's put for being an adult like maybe I don't want to go to work today but if I don't go to work today then my paycheck gonna be less next Mm -hmm. week so if it's less next week that means it's gonna be less things that I can buy you know, so it's going to be harder. So I'm going to choose to go ahead and, and go to work, you know, and, and make the money that's needed, you know. And then for children, um, when it comes to training, like, since you have a tournament coming up, or, you know, you have this goal in mind, then you can choose what you want to do. But will this help you get closer to your goal or will it set you further away from your goal? You know, and then when it comes to having a competition, then it's like, all right, you didn't do so well. Well, why didn't you do so well? Well, these are the choices that we made and these are the results that came from these choices. Not to say that you made bad choices. Now it's just moving forward. We just got to make different choices. You know, like everybody choose. I believe everybody makes the best choice that they could make with the knowledge that they've been given at that time. So I don't try to make anyone feel wrong for choosing something else. You know, it's just help them understand, like, all of your choices have consequences. And wherever you're trying to get to, you might want to make, like, this choice will be the choice that will help you get there compared to another choice. You know, just more so helping people to understand, help children to understand, because they come into this world knowing nothing. And us as adults, you know, we've been living for for so long we began to expect them to know stuff that Mm. they don't know because nobody has taught them so we talk to them as if they should know something when honestly they don't know it you know and nobody took that time out to teach them you know and so just helping them to to understand you know their their choices and and the whole cause and effect thing you know so then they can make the best choice for them you know, not necessarily controlling their life, but just equip them with the knowledge so that they can make whatever choice they feel is best for them.
and giving them the opportunity to have a soft life and have a soft childhood and a safe, like you said, a safe place. Yeah. Well, thank you both so, so much for this conversation. It could go on for hours and we could go so much deeper. And I hope you both will come back and continue these conversations in the future. And thank you to all of our listeners from Out of Line. You can find Terrell um, on Instagram at Lion MA Academy, Lion Martial Arts Academy, and Latoya at Raising underscore underscore Resilience. Did I get that right, LaToya? Sweet. You did. Um, and LaToya will hopefully be back before the end of the summer to tell us about her new program that will be launching very soon. She said very, very soon, right before we hit record. Can't wait to hear more. <laughs> Thank you both for coming on. Thank you. Thanks. Have a good Thanks night. You too. You as well. It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.